Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in today. This is the program Reverend Tashi's Talks, and I'm your host, Tashi Campbell. I need to remind you that a good God can do great things in your life. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the third and final session program in our series, It's Easier Said Than Done. It's easier said than done. It has been a very sobering, sobering, sobering time as we talked about waiting and forgiveness. And in this episode, we will be discussing love. We will be discussing love, 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 love. You know, just to begin, I really think that the culture today has dragged this word through the mud in one way, has distorted it in another way, and has redefined it in other ways. And, you know, we only have a few minutes in this program, so we're going to get right to the meat of the matter. We're going to hit the road running. The Greeks, for example, have made it abundantly clear that there are different types of love. And whether we think about this consciously or unconsciously, as long as we have loved, and I figure every person alive has loved at least one person, as long as we have loved, we would have known that from experience that there are different types of love. So that simply means that The love I have for my parents may be a different kind of love than I have for my children, maybe a different kind of love than I have for my friends, maybe a different kind of love that for those of you who are married would have for your spouse, and so on and so forth. So the Greeks have made it clear that there are different types of love, including phileos, which is the brotherly type of love, Eros, which is the romantic love, storge, friendship love, agape, unconditional love. And this is the love that we really want to focus on. The average Christian person today loves conditionally in most of their relationships. And in general, the love of a mother for her child is the closest example we see of unconditional love. And this is this is my opinion, by the way. The love of a mother, because I have seen mothers love hard, and it doesn't matter how wayward their children are, or their son is, or their daughter, they love them still. Always forgiving them, always accepting them, bringing them back. You know, there, there will be exceptions to the rule, but in general, I've seen parents really love their children through some rough times. And even when they are rebelling, they still have the love of their parents. So it appears to me that a lack of understanding of this kind of love that God extends towards us, which is agape, has informed, a lack of understanding of agape love has informed the quality of our relationships. It has informed 
many Christians' passionlessness for those who are lost in sin. For there are too many Christians who do not share their faith with other people. And of course, I believe that a lack of understanding of agape love has informed our treatment of those who have done us harm or wrong. So the question is, what is love? And I'm talking about agape. How should we understand it? Who should we love? How should we love? For how long should we love? And under what conditions should we love? You know, I want to read for us John chapter 13. John chapter 13, reading verse uh, 34 and 35. And it says, a new command I give you. This is Jesus speaking. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. A new command I give you, love one another. You know, why is it that uh, Jesus says, a new command I give you, love one another? And, you know, this is interesting because before this point, the command really was to love your neighbor as yourself. But just in case you don't love yourself or the, the, you don't, you're not loving yourself right, what Jesus has done by saying that there's a new command that he's giving us, he is raising the standard. The standard is no longer how we love ourselves, but how Jesus loves us. And how did Jesus display this love? He displayed his love in the washing of the feet of his disciples, which is a very humble thing to have done. And he displayed his love supremely on the cross. Now, what is this love? I like to define love in this way based on the demonstration of God's love for us in Christ. What is that definition? The sacrificial giving of oneself. That's how I want to define love. The sacrificial giving of oneself. But God demonstrates his love in this, towards us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. My friends, a distinguishing mark of being a Jesus follower, of being a Christian, is by the way we love people. And that includes our enemies. <laughs> Listen to Matthew chapter 5, verse 44 and 45. Maybe I'll read a few more verses down. But I tell you, this is Jesus speaking again. He says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? 
Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. So in other words, then, as we're talking about loving enemies and praying for those who persecute us, being a Christian means that we do not live by the standards of the world and we should not allow our standards to be set by the people in the world. So Christians shouldn't be talking about what others are doing, especially when those others are not a part of the kingdom of God. So he says that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So God, God's love is unconditional. God just gives his love whether none of us are deserving of his love, by the way. But even if we don't care about God's love, he still loves us and he shows his love towards us according to his eternal providence. So now the question is, how should we love one another? How should we love one another? In John chapter 13, Jesus says, a new command I give you that you should love one another. Well, we should love one another by our actions, by our actions. And I want to challenge those of you who are listening to me to consider how you are showing love to those who are of the household of faith. So, for example, you can check on your Christian neighbors. You can call someone just to say, how are you doing? You know, to show genuine concern if you know that there is a challenge that they're facing. Maybe you could offer help to a friend, you know, to plan an event or to do something that is pressing for them. You have the skill, you have the talent, you have the time. Even if you don't have the time, if you can make the time, that is a demonstration of love, looking out for the other person. You could volunteer, you could host a friend for an evening or even a night. You could share a meal you, when you cook. If you know that someone doesn't have, you know, food at home and you can reach out by doing that, maybe they do, but you have cooked something nice, something that they couldn't afford otherwise, and you want to share your meal with them, whatever it is, you can do someone a favor. You can spend some time in prayer for someone. That is an act of love. And you can forgive someone and be hospitable as well. So those are ways and the list can go on and on and on in terms of how we should love one another. We should love one another by our actions. We should love one another by forgiving, accepting, and honoring each other. And we should extend God's love towards other people. So, so, so this love, it is something that uh, once it is properly understood and properly defined, it can transform a life. And I want to further talk about some of the, what the Bible says about love. Let's jump over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I will read from verse four through to seven it says love is patient love is kind it does not envy it does not boast it is not proud it does not dishonor others it is not self-seeking it is not easily angered it keeps no record of wrongs 
Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And what is the context here? If we are speaking in tongues and we don't have love, if we are prophesying and we don't have love, if we are even giving to the poor and we don't have love, then we would have been exercising these actions in futility. Love should be the basis on which we do the things we do. What about, let's look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. Galatians 5, 6 says, For in Christ, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And let us look at Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, and I will read from verse 1. It says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality, or of any kind of impurity, or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. So here the scripture is clear. Follow God's example and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up as a fragrant offering. And then, you know, Paul goes down to say to the Ephesians, but among you, there must not even be a hint of. So he tells the different actions in which, you know, that, that is totally opposed to this walking in the way of love. So these are very important commands for us to understand. Let's look at 1 John chapter 3 and see what the scriptures say there. 1 John chapter 3, verse 11. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should do what? Love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. In other words, if this is so frightening, if we are not loving 
in the way that God has called us to love, we might just miss heaven. Yeah. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. It's not me said that. It's the scriptures. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can that person say that they have the love of God? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Amazing. And finally, verse chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, reading from verse 7. Dear friends, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit and we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. That's verse 19. So my friends, love, this kind of love is unconditional. I don't know about you, but I am thoroughly convicted by the word of God. And I know that I need to grow in this area of loving unconditionally, loving rightly. Now the question is, how should we love our enemies? How should we love our enemies? When we look at Matthew 5, verse 44 to 45, let me get that for you again. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, it says, but I tell you, 
love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your father in heaven he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good this and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous so how do we love our enemies show them first of all i want to suggest show them genuine respect genuine respect that any human being deserves think of them with compassion why because they are human beings too and they too have been created in the image and likeness of god so show them genuine respect we do not have the right to disrespect or withhold respect from another human being, even if they disrespect us. And I'm speaking to Christians now. Yes, it is easier said than done. And the temptation is they don't respect me, so I will not respect them. But then we have a higher standard by which we are being held by the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we're going to love our enemies, we must show them respect. Also, how do we love our enemies? How should we love our enemies? Pray for them and bless them. Now, sometimes people think that, oh, if you're going to love your enemies, people, people think that this love for enemy is emotional love, you know, something that you feel. But no, you may not feel any positive emotions towards the person. But then when we are deliberate to love by our actions, the Holy Spirit has something to work on. I have spoken with persons. I don't know if you have any, ever met anyone or even you listening to me right now. And I have been there where I find it very difficult to pray for someone and to genuinely pray for them because it's one extreme or the other. It's either that the person who has done harm to you or has been persecuting you in whatever way or shape or form that takes. It's either that you find it difficult to pray for them and you don't, or you pray for them, but you are praying for bad things to happen to them. That is not the heart of God. It is better for us to express the bad feelings we are feeling or bad negative emotions that we are feeling towards God, express them to God and say, God, you know, this is what happened. This is how I'm feeling. And I really need your help to deal with these emotions that are inside of me. Because right now I am very angry or I'm very depressed or I'm very sad or I'm very disappointed or whatever the case might be. And Express that to God, asking for his help and asking for his heart. And then ask him to give you the compassion, the love, the wisdom to pray for this person. This person, whoever your enemy is, is someone who is in need of a revelation from God, in need of God's love, in need of salvation, if that is the case. And if they are Christians, if they profess to be Christians, then they need to grow in their faith, to mature so that they can, they too can show this love of God. We are called to walk in the way of love as Christians. And this is the, this is the distinguishing mark of those of us who say that we follow Christ. So this has nothing to do with emotions. 
This is love by actions. It is unconditional. And so we have to ask the question again. For what is love? We spoke about that, the sacrificial giving of oneself. The question again, who should we love? We should love one another, those in the household of faith, those outside of the household of faith, those who do us harm, those who persecute us, those who are our enemies. How should we love? We love by our actions. We love by being deliberate. We love by praying, spending time in prayer for. We love by being deliberate to show, to forgive, to accept, to honor, to respect. And under what conditions should we love? We should love under every condition. Our love should be without condition. And then for how long should we love? We should love all the time as the Lord gives us utterance. My friends, love properly defined and understood from a biblical perspective is easier said than done. But God is love. And since he lives in our hearts as Christians, let us, let us, let us in our hearts allow the Lord to love through us. What an awesome God he is. We are out of time. Have you been blessed? Thank you for hanging with me. I really enjoyed our talk today. Until next time, I'm your host, Reverend Tashi Campbell.